Hey everybody, welcome back to another powerful edition of the Young Life Warrior Podcast with your host, Dale Vincent Hancock. Today, everybody, I really wanted to share with you a time when I was interviewed by Christy Maggio on the International Summit United by Education. It was a virtual summit, it was absolutely amazing. And on stage were people like Naveen Jan, Maria Truza, JT Fox, Forbes Riley, Rich Kids Global, Larry Jenkins, uh, Douglas Vermont. It was there were so many amazing people and my friend Glenn Marsden by the way. It was absolutely amazing. So the next voice you are going to hear is going to be Christie's and we were talking today a little bit about codependency and how that arises in adults from our childhood. So I really hope you enjoy this one. It's a bit of a different podcast today. Let me know what you think with a review. Have a powerful day guys. I have with me right now, Dale Hancock from the UK. You're quite incredible. Like you're an international confidence coach for kids and teens. Um, you, Your goal is impact over 1 million students all over the world. Um, and you've spoken parliament, which I love that. And I want to hear more about, about mental health issues, low self-esteem, confidence in uh, crisis in schools and raising awareness in parliament. And in, in, uh, in the UK, you're a number one best-selling international author for children and teen mental health on Amazon. And um, your book is called Raw Confidence. So, I mean, you are incredible. And then, then wait, to top it all off, when you were in, in university, you were diagnosed as dyslexic, correct? True. Very true. Like so, you, how did they, how did they not know before? I, you know what? I don't know. I think they did. I think my mum and dad did. I also think, and this has been confirmed, that my mum and dad believed I had ADHD, and mm-hmm. that's only kind of just been confirmed now in my mid thirties. How crazy is that? So maybe it was a way of um, not kind of, I'm not really sure, I haven't really spoken to my parents about it. I love them dearly, but it's a blessing and almost almost a curse because I'm so happy that I I didn't get the labels and I survived, mm-hmm. and I thrived. And I went through the whole of university, got my grades. I then turned into a wonderful, glorious teacher of physical education and science. And I didn't really need that label of having ADHD. And I didn't really need the benefits, as it were, for, for having dyslexia. Um, it's answered a lot of questions through my development, though. And it's also helped me understand that I'm not a complete idiot because the worst bully in the world, and I say that on purpose, the worst bully in the world, well, Christy, you, you are the worst bully in the world to yourself. And I'm the worst bully in the world to myself. And oh. someone asked me, they, they they heard my whole story of which I'd love to share at some point, and they said, oh God, Dale, you should write a book. And I said, Mate, are you kidding? I'm thick. I'm stupid. I can't write. I'm dyslexic. I can't write a book. What are you talking about? And at that moment, bang, I knew that I had to do it. I knew that I had to write a book regardless of what I thought about myself. Because, like it was being discussed before in the, in the past with a, with a JT um, mm-hmm. on the call on, on this amazing summit just because you've got dyslexia doesn't need to condemn yourself for what you can or can't achieve that that's your own choices you set your own thoughts change doesn't happen choice happens so so it took me a very long time but i did manage to finish it. i did manage to write it and i had no idea it was going to go to the best one number one bestseller and as far as hawaii so i'm really proud of myself for doing that and and i love the fact that you were um 
that you were you were sharing my my proud moments you know my my uh, my gems of my life there's many more to come i must admit but i took them and i agreed with every single one of them and it wasn't through arrogance it was it was through um, humility i was i was very like you know what no i've done all that stuff mm-hmm. i've done all that so i'm gonna i'm gonna take that beautiful gift because what you've done you've given me a gift you said that i'm incredible and i'm gonna take that and i'm gonna say yes i am incredibly oh, i am incredible I'm, I'm humbly incredible and i say that with full confidence because for me the definition of confidence is the the opposite of self-consciousness i don't mind what people think about me mm-hmm. i i just know what i think about myself so mm-hmm. i just think that um you've given me a gift of dale you're incredible and if i was to say oh stop it you ah oh, shucks you're a you <laughs> naughty beast you stop it oh cool no i'm not then i may as well you may as well have bought me a present you may well have bought me a book or a bunch of flowers or some chocolates and i and i and and this leads nicely onto my topic today i i, I may as well the equivalent of me going, oh, no, I'm not. Stop it. Are you incredible? You're incredible. It's me getting the chocolate and just throw them in the bin or getting the flowers and just breaking them and, and doing that. You've given me a gift. It's a beautiful gift. And and how often do we overlook that and, and feel shame thinking, oh, God, oh, someone's just called me incredible. No, I shouldn't, I shouldn't really say that. I shouldn't really, I shouldn't really say that. Right. It's wrong. If, some, if someone says you're incredible, A, first of all, take it. B, you don't have to return it. You gave me a gift just then without any expectation of a gift back. So you you said, no, you're incredible. And you knew that I didn't need to say, oh, no, no, Chrissy, you're incredible. You're incredible as well. You didn't need that because you've got full, authentic, raw confidence within yourself because mm-hmm. you were given a gift without an expectation of receiving anything. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it goes like this as well, even in relationships. And we're really, oh, this has gone nicely into our conversation today. When um, somebody says, so my partner, my, my, my girlfriend, Laura, love her, absolutely love her. And she said to me one day, uh, she said, oh, I love you. And I said, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And she said, and she was like, and I, and I said, you okay? She said, I just, did you hear me? Said, yeah, it's amazing. Thank you. And she said, I just said, I love you. I said, I know. I, I, I heard it. And, and, and it's such a beautiful gift. Thank you so much. I said, are you not going to say it back? Are you not going to say it back? <laughs> like that. <laughs> and I've been there in the past, so I'm not going to say this is this is right. all, you know, I'm not going to say I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an angel of this. But she said, are you not going to say it back? And I, and I said, well, no. You've just given me a, a gift. For, to have one person love another person on this planet is, oh, uh, sometimes incredibly rare, very rare. You've just given me a gift, and I know that you get you said that because you wanted to say it. you weren't expecting anything in return. It's almost like if you've if I if you've bought me a, um, a, a I don't know a, a gym bag or some gym clothes or a gift or whatever it may be. Um, you don't go here. You go here's your gift. Where's mine? Where's mine? That's the equivalent of what just happened. Now, now the, the reason why we're digging into this, everybody, today is because we're talking a little bit about my theme is codependence, aren't we? Yeah. So codependence. Now, codependence happens in many different forms. OK, so this isn't this isn't my specialized topic. It's 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 one of my topics that I speak about within the uh, education space and in them um, in schools with with teachers and professionals, not so much children. 
The reason is, is because it's, it's about time we had a bit of awareness about this. So it's, it's to understand what codependence is. Basically, it's kind of saying that another person is responsible for our emotions. Another person is responsible for the way we act, the way we behave, because that all grows and, and, and comes around through a feeling and an emotion or, or, or in this case, a thought. So when we're talking about codependency, um, think of it like this, think of it like this. In the rawest form, bearing in mind that codependency comes about in many different ways, many different shapes and sizes. The most common is in relationships. And it looks like this. One person is very needy. They're very needy. They want to be involved in, in, in everything that, that their partner is up to and, and what they're doing. And you think that's it, but it's not. Because on the other side of the coin, the partner, in fact, wants to be needed. The partner really thrives on being needed. So there's a codependency on each other. Now, who here has seen or been in many relationships or see many relationships where there's a massive dependency on the other person? They can't, they can't get out of each other's pockets. That's fine. That's okay as long as it works. But then when it gets a bit toxic and when it gets a little bit stale, that's when problems arise. There's um, there's many different types of people, but we all know, listen to this, that hurt people, um, a hurt person getting with a hurt person doesn't work. It's, it's a formula for disaster, it just, just doesn't work. So hurt people will tend to attract hurt people. We, we all know that that won't work. Or hurt people attract fixers of broken things. Now, we may sit there and think, oh, that'll work because this one's going to help this one and they're going to get on level and they're going to go up and they're going to live happily ever after and get married and have children, blah, blah, blah. Well, actually, no, because more often than not, what a fixer does is a fixer is dependent on this person being broken. And this broken person is dependent on this person being a fixer because they need that security. Now, one day, so throughout their lives, throughout years of being together, etc., the fixer is working really hard to, to help um, fix this broken person through whatever they're struggling with. It could be anxiety, depression, uh, job loss, death in the family, whatever it may be. Now, this fixer is going to work very hard, frivolously, to try and make this broken person better. And they're working together and working together. They need each other in that realm, in that in that in that space. But one day, one day, the broken person wakes up and the broken person isn't broken anymore. So what then? The broken person was once broke, but not broken anymore. The fixer realizes this and thinks, oh crap. Mm. That is the basis of our whole relationship. That is the foundation we met. We met when you were broken and now you're fixed. They're not saying this conversation out loud. They're thinking inside their head. And the broken person is going out with, with her friends, let's say, or his friends. And they're, they're, they're wearing some more confident clothes, some shorter skirts or some tighter shirts or whatever it may be. And the fixer, they, the fixer doesn't like this. The fixer doesn't like this at all. In fact, the fixer gets very insecure and unstable. So, what does the fixer do? Unconsciously or consciously, sabotages. 
the once broken person, which is now better. Sabotage. And this could look like, like that skirt's a bit short. What are you going on that for? Why you, why, have you wear, why are you wearing so much makeup for? I don't understand. Why are you, why are you dressed like that for? Why are you wearing that tight shirt? Are you meeting those girls again? Those girls from your gym that you go to, why are you meeting them for? Are they going to be the girls there? Are they going to be the boys there? And all these questions start arising. So if that answer gets confirmed, then that this is what happens. This is oh, your bum's looking a little bit too big in that. Uh, you, you look like a clown with that makeup on. You look like a bit of tart, to be honest. Pick other adjectives. Uh, um, you know what? You could, your hair looks really good, but, you know, I don't, I don't, even though it looks greasy, it looks good. Um, I thought you were going to the gym. You're not going to the gym. You see what I'm doing? The fix that is very good at building step by step but they're also very good at deconstructing step by step and sabotaging this and making them out to feel a bit rubbish about themselves but that's great for the fixer because that gets the broken person back broken again and then the fixers are oh now I can relax and now she can she or he can just settle down and, and, and get back to a phase of and just stay in the house and be with me all the time and that the codependency tends to shake and the, and the foundations go a little bit nuts so that is a huge example, by the way, of, <laughs> of codependency. So how would it block success? Well, first of all, codependency will block success if you are over-thoughtful about what other people think about you. And it, it, codependency doesn't have to exist in relationships. That's the most common form. But it can also last, it can also happen in, in work. All you want to do is just get one praise sentence from your boss but it never happens uh, it could be a, a could be a, a woman wanting praise from a boss and she sees traits of a father in there so there's a bit of a father father figure issues just there or even the other way around it could be a, a, a chap who wants to get uh get praise off of his boss as well but it's just not happening and if they've, they've thrived for that all the way through school really wanting that praise really focusing on the result and what they're doing is they're building up success for other people they're aiming for the external validation not the internal validation this is why this is why codependency will shatter any form of success because you're in it for other people and you're in it to get the external validation you're not in it for your own gains if anything they look for love outside of themselves as opposed to love for within inside of themselves and shame just so happens to be one of the biggest core issues with codependency and how does this look well i've written a post actually on on instagram so if you go on dale vincent coaching it is the number one thing you you shouldn't say you should never say to your child and the sentence is you make me so angry you make me so angry now i'm sure there's many parents guilty of that and i'm not here to tell you how to parent i'm not here to how, tell you how to raise a child it's not my job. It's not my place. Well, I can say that I've been back to over 100,000 people worldwide and have conversations. So I've seen different dynamics around the whole world around how parents, parents and how children behave. I've seen what's really great. I've seen what works really well. I've seen what doesn't work really well. And I've seen what's ugly. Let's put it that way, unfortunately. So. When somebody says, when a parent says, oh, you're making mummy so angry, just just get your shoes on, you're making mummy so angry. Wow, what that is doing is it's giving the child an unconscious message that the parent isn't stable. It's giving an unconscious message that I, the five-year-old boy, is in charge of mummy's emotions. 
and that really unsettles them and that really makes them feel pressured overwhelmed and stressed and with an underlying tone of like i've just said shame when a child feels shame it tends to go around the realm of having that codependency on another person so oh look at that perfect look at you you're amazing cheers chris yeah and, and that's what we're talking about so. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. So as you can see, everybody, I don't need to talk. I don't need to read this out. But if you have a look at that, how to help your kids get through the, the struggle, um, this helps this helps them um, build positive relationships with themselves. And it helps them understand that it's better to internally validate as opposed to externally validate. Because in this life, we've got one shot. Chrissy, we've got one shot. And if we're doing it for other people, it just doesn't work if it comes from a very unstable, mm -hmm. unauthentic, and insecure place. Now, this there was, there was somebody did a did a talk recently, and they did a whole with the whole room. Everyone stand up if you want to be a millionaire. Everyone stood up. Everyone still stay standing if you want to be if you want to have two million. A few people sat down. Um, say up if you want to be have, be a hundred millionaire. Loads more people sit down. Put your hand up if you want to be a billionaire. Put your hand up if you want to be a, a two billionaire. And there are only two people left. And then the speaker said, Well done. Congratulations. That's amazing. You want to serve the world. And everyone around was thinking, Well, that's selfish. That what do they want two billion for? That's really selfish. Well, hold on a second. How many people can this person impact with two billion? Mm. Clearly, they're not going to be able to spend all that money. <laughs> clearly, mm. they're not going to do that. So, what else are they going to do with that? They're obviously going to give to charity. It's such a shame that the media do not highlight the amazing things, what footballers do over here in the UK, what David Beckham does. They give to so many charities. They give to so many charities. And, and it doesn't get highlighted, unfortunately, um, in, in the newspapers. If they do, it's a tiny little print down here. Whereas if David Beckham give, gave a girl a certain look in a bar, whoa, that's straight in the newspapers. <gasps> Cheating on Victoria Beckham. Behave yourself stop it let's focus on the good and we me you everyone listen to this are the architects of your focus you will focus on your good or you'll focus on your bad so you've got to make sure that you focus on what you want to focus on to help you develop and grow now with me ever so briefly i had a really really tough time in in my life and every single person's problem is relative to them now I would say that I was very codependent on not my mom or my dad's connection. It was more connection of peers. I wanted to impress everybody. I was the class clown. I was the one that wanted to be the center of attention. I was being bullied when I was younger, but I used the, when I was being bullied, I used the fact that I was being, that I was, that I was funny, that I was taking the mick out of myself, that I wanted that external validation. I got a taste for it. I thought, this is amazing. I just made this big group of popular people laugh. I'm going to be in with the in crowd. Oh. I've just made that really attractive girl over there laugh. I'm going to, I'm going to speak to her. That's that's amazing. So I was doing it for everybody else and not myself. And I never faced up to that. And it affected me so much that I got bullied in my career when I was a, when I was a teacher. I got bullied by a deputy head. And I never told anyone that. I say anyone. I've been telling showing it recently. But I never told my mum and dad. Never told my parents or friends. I just kept that secret because it was embarrassing, wasn't it? I mean, it's very embarrassing, right? Obviously, it's not. It's just I thought that at the time, and then I got um, uh, bullied in my relationships. Not all of them, just just some of them. And a certain amount of things happened to me in the space of six months. All of which, if these things happen individually, I'll be fine. I'll be absolutely fine. But number one, 
I lost my job. The area of my department got disbanded, so I had to leave the consortium. Uh, two weeks later, I had a car crash. That definitely isn't fun. Um, three weeks later, I found out that my girlfriend of five years was seeing other men, plural, behind my back for the entirety of our relationship after five whole years, even when we were travelling together. That was a massive sting in the old ego machine. And then two weeks later, my mum had a heart attack and I was distraught. The one woman in my whole life that I looked up to that I could trust, the only, only woman I could trust, gave me an insight into her fragility. She was very fragile and, and um, almost... Um, was really scary in fact so i know you want to hit me by the way through the through the uh the summit but i i got back with my ex i know i know i shouldn't have done that, I have done that. i got back with my ex because that's what i was codependent on i was codependent on those validations of having a pretty thing now i really wish i didn't but it was the case mm. and Looking back, obviously, I should have cut the cautious then, but unfortunately didn't. And then she fell pregnant with somebody else's baby over Christmas. That definitely wasn't fun. Um, and then foolishly, I forgave her again. And I then found another chap in my house when I was out. So I thought, enough's enough. I need to break out of this. So unfortunately, I had to fork out £15,000 to buy her out of the property. So I was in debt by £15,000. So all these things were mounting up. Um, car crash, lost a job, uh, cheating, infidelity, mum having a heart attack, more infidelity, £15,000 worth of debt. And I was a shell of a man. I was a shell of a man, all because I was codependent on other people's validation, other people's thoughts about what they thought about me, when I should have been focused on myself. So you're probably thinking how I got out of this. Well, it was all luck, really. I was I was sitting down in, in, my, in my room, and um, I randomly was on youtube and a video by tony robbins popped up and i felt like he was talking to me it's very bizarre and he made me think in that instant i don't have to wallow in self-pity so i got to the gym i went to the gym after months of being off i loved the gym and i went to the gym and it was very strange i saw a chap who who, who was a specialist in neuro-linguistic programming and he was just talking to me in a way like tony robbins was like no other person was talking to me like in a gym and it was almost like a manifesto that was gravitating towards it and he said you should you should see my coach to have a research about what this is and just see see what you think so i did and i was very excited and then i got some coaching which is fantastic Cut a very long story short i got some coaching and it was it was amazing it was absolutely amazing it really made me it was almost like they shone a, shone a torch in the area of my brain i never knew existed it was very strange and uh, i got my confidence back but i got my confidence back for me I, I knew who I was. I found my identity. I knew what I wanted to become. But there's one thing, one thing that I really wanted to demonstrate to myself. And <laughs> strange, I wanted to be on a TV game show. I wanted to be on. A, I wanted to be on a TV game show. So I applied for Ninja Warrior. I didn't get on. Uh, I applied again. I didn't get on again. <laughs> um, but, but ITV. Christy, ITV loved my video that I sent to Ninja Warrior and they said, oh my gosh, we love it. Would you mind applying for this show instead? I said, of course, what is it? Is it active? Because I'm an active guy. Got ADHD, mm -hmm. remember? So, you know, I've got to use my energy somehow. Um, and uh, they said, it's called Cannonball. It's set in Malta. It's a water-based activity, a bit like Total Wipeout. Freddie Flintoff is hosting, Maya Jammer, Frankie from the Saturdays and, and uh, Radzi, a few of the, few of the celebs. I thought, fantastic, I'm in, I'm involved, let's go for it. And I got through to the qualifiers and I got selected to go over to Malta and I was really, really happy with that. 
And I remember my coach saying to me, Dale, with big things that are happening, have three intentions. And I said, well, cool, three intentions. What are they? I was by myself. I was scared. I didn't know anybody. First fight by myself. No, yes, first fight by myself. And I thought, ooh, my intentions. Well, I want to have fun. My intention is to have a ridiculous amount of fun. Uh, my next intention is to uh, speak to new people and a girl because girls freak me out. I'm not going to lie. I thought I went through. I thought they were all all devils, all devil women. <laughs> You're okay. Um, <laughs> and my mum always taught me. She said, "Now, I don't care if you lose in anything you go for, as long as you aim to win. If you aim to win, I don't care if you lose. But right, cool. I'm going to aim to win. That's what I want to do. Three intentions." And I remember on the bus journey from the airport to the hotel, I thought, right, no one knows me. I'm going to fake confidence. So I got my GoPro out. I got it up and I selfied myself and I said, hey, everybody, how's it going? My name is Dale. I have 50 people on the bus. Never met them before in my entire life. I said, so who's going to win? I'm doing a bit of a vlog. Who's going to win? You're going to, yeah, I'm going to beat you. And I was just like joking around, speaking to people. And as I was doing that, more and more people gravitated towards me and wanted to speak to me. And on the journey over to the, um, to the hotel, I was speaking to a, to a girl, which was amazing. Right, that's one done. I'm having fun. That's another tick done. Now all I've got to do is just win. Um, and there's a. I'll have to send you a video on my Instagram. I'll put it on my Instagram story so you can see it. Um, there was one activity called the jump, and we had to dive, go down this giant three-story building, hide, slide, and dive and get as far as we can. Anyway, there were four activities. I had to win one to get through to the final. I won one. Then I came last. Then I came third for the rest, and I won the fourth activity which was skimming across the water anyway point of the long story short i got through to the final and i uh, i won the whole show i won the whole show so i went from zero in the time of my life from zero to hero and I'm, i look back and i think on the plane i remember saying my gosh Dale, you weren't you weren't fake confidence that was the real you coming out so this is exactly what I do with kids i want i want kids to understand that they should have no shame they should be authentically who they want to be for them. Not what mummy and daddy say, not what grandpa and grandma say, not what their friend says, not what the teacher thinks they should do. What they want to do, even if it's collecting Pokemon cards, being a footballer, I don't give two hoots. Do it for you. Do what makes you happy. Do what you're confident in and enjoy it and relish yourself in this life because that's the most, there's a, I say to them this as well. I say, there's nothing special, and everyone listens to this as well, including you, Chris. There's nothing special about you. There's nothing special about you whatsoever. And I'm going to tell you why. Because if we got two million people in a line, roughly about the same population size as San Diego, be a very long line, a long line, two million people, and we all gave them a dice, but not just any dice. This isn't a, this isn't a six-sided dice. This is a this is a, a special dice that's got one million sides. This is a one million-sided dice. It's a pretty big dice. So we've got 2 million people, and they've all got a 1 million-sided dice. And I say to them, right, guys, what I want you to do, I want you to roll the dice, and it's got to land on number 22,368. All 2 million of you at the same time. After three, three, two, one, roll, boom. Christy, what are the, cha what are the chances of it landing on that number? All of them. almost none like microscopic microscopic in fact it, it, it's kind of rel it's kind of level with one in 400 trillion 
And I say to them, mm. the reason why there's nothing special about you is because if everyone rolled that number all at the same time, that is the same percentage chance roughly as you being born. So there's nothing special about you. You're an absolute freaking miracle. So go out there and use the miracle that you were given, your gift, the way that you want to use it, my friend, because whatever he says or she says or they say is none of your business. So bro, go get out there and roll your dice. There we have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I hope you enjoyed that difference in the podcast series this week. The only reason why I wanted to share that with you is because there's a lot of teachers that have responded to me. There's a lot of teachers and educators that are just asking me questions like, how did you come about this? How are you speaking on stages? How are you being an international speaker? And how are you changing young people's lives? And and these are the questions that I love to receive because when I was in education for 12 years, I really wanted to break out of that and escape the classroom because don't get me wrong, I love teaching, but I didn't really like what I was teaching. So I just wanted to have my own freedom in that area. So there's been many teachers and educators that have been reaching out to me and I have created a free webinar that's going to help them create their own coaching consultancy to help make an impact in kids lives and also help give them a bit more of freedom and a bit more income in fact the webinar is called the three step coaching principles for educators wanting to escape the education system and make a greater impact in children's lives whilst at the same time creating more freedom and income and the most important thing about this is we are going to learn how to set up your own coaching consultancy without sacrificing family time because there's a lot of overwhelm. We'll be speaking about how to get clients on social media. We'll be speaking about how to help kids open up with the share model that I created myself and amongst other things. So if you are interested in that, please send me a DM on Instagram, which is at Dale Vincent Coaching and the word kid coach. That's it all one word it can be in capitals it can be lowercase kid coach send me that and i will send you a link to the webinar the free webinar which will be on the 24th of november i believe it's a wednesday and i'm looking forward to hearing from you so if you want to make a powerful shift in your life then that's all you've got to do just send me an instagram message which is kid coach i can't wait i'm super excited thank you and again and i hope you enjoyed this episode and please feel free to leave a powerful review so we can spread the word super super important in the meantime carry on having a powerful day